Paper Cut Podcast strives to be evocative and inclusive. Every Monday, we cut below the surface with folks that make the Winnipeg arts and culture scene thrive. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Gocher. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Brock McPherson. Tell us about yourself. Resume. Well, uh, my name's Brock McPherson. Uh, I play in uh, a band. I've been in the music industry in the city here for, I don't know, 10 years or so, playing in various bands, going to local shows, and trying to support the, uh, the, the whole scene in the city here. So can you take us through each band? Yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, I kind of started things off um, in high school where I, I found a way to sort of force myself into uh, a band called the Vinyl Tongues, um, which was a lot of fun. I was in that band for several years. They were together for a few years prior to me kind of introducing myself. And uh, we played regular shows multiple per month. Uh, at times um, just at local bars and whatnot here and there and gave me my real taste my first real taste of um, what that was all about so that was probably oh geez I don't know probably a good four or five years of my life that was dedicated to that Uh, I branched off from there and a couple other small projects that I don't know if it's necessarily relevant worth talking because they weren't really notable bands just Uh, give us their names uh, I, I don't remember all of them. <gasps> the more embarrassing, um, the better. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic Eruptor, I believe, was one Ooh, of them. Oh, nice. Uh, Morgan Davis was in that band. He should, if he's listening right now, you are a weirdo. Uh, but also, <laughs> um, yeah, that, also with Riley Hastings. Um, Who's now in Noble Thieves. Noble Thieves, which we were and, just listening to. Yeah. And Bo this is his new project. That's his side project, new, yeah. Newer, I guess. Um and then a couple other just like small little bands. We've never played any shows or anything like that. Um, I then started a band with uh, Dave Gannett and uh, Andrew Bonte, who's now with Soul Hounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we were called Pharaoh. We were around for, I don't know, a year or so. What um, kind of music was that? Um, <clears throat> That was kind of a... Could I describe that? Uh, it was kind of a sort of a sludgy kind of grunge style of. Was, I want to say kind of like stoner rock. I guess is the easiest description of it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. All three of us were doing vocals, so it made an, an interesting element for shows. It's a three-piece band, and all three people were uh, a part of the vocal uh, experience. So it was kind of cool. Uh, and then from there, I hopped into uh, a band, uh, Bear Fight, with uh, a longtime buddy, Josh Harder, um, and his brother, and then my new friends, um, Steve and Steve. <laughs> uh, well, Steven and Steve-o, I guess, to differentiate the two. <laughs> um, and most recently, uh, in the beginning of 2018, I've started a new project with... Um, a few other artists and we are death cassette and that is kind of my background interesting um i want to talk a little bit about how you weaseled your way into the vinyl tongues you were saying you kind of Mm. willed your way into that band what how 
And yeah. also some advice if somebody's ready to weasel their way into yeah. some cool. other band. Yeah, because interestingly enough, I did the exact same thing with Bear Fight. Well, not the exact same thing, but pretty well the same thing. So Perfect. high school, um, uh, there was another guy playing drums with the Vinyl Tongues. He was doing a fine job and all that, but I, I heard through the grapevine that he wasn't so interested in playing shows and all that sort of stuff. It was more of a hobby thing for him. I really liked the music. I really liked the band. Um, oh, wow, I'm forgetting about a few other bands before I jumped into the Vinyl Tongues, but... Anyways, the, one of those other bands that I was in previously had fallen apart, so I wanted to uh, get back into it. So what were they called? That band? Uh, well, several several iterations. Um, uh, most notably was Bomb the Arcade. Whoa! With uh, Jordan Summers and um, Quinn Richard, who is now a doctor, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, we did multiple um, different members in there and name changes and style changes and all that sort of stuff. So that was that was an experience. But uh, anyways, I, I, I wound up kind of talking to the previous drummer of the Vinyl Tongues, understanding that he was looking at maybe not playing very many shows there. And I, um, <laughs> I kind of encouraged him to just sort of quit <laughs> so wow. knowing full well that I would I would just kind of pick up the baton so awesome. I kind of just grabbed it from him and started running like um, before he could change his mind yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> um, and I did the same sort of thing with bear fight so uh, like I said Josh and I have been friends for forever like elementary school we grew up together um, and he was in this band with his brother Nick who is a guitar player and has been a guitar player for his whole life um, and he was trying his hands at, at drums and uh, I just really really wanted to play in a band with Josh because he was never really musical before then and if he was I would definitely have started a project with him um, so I, I tried to position it I'd actually been working on that one for a long time trying to encourage Nick to play guitar and have me come in and play the drums because I didn't want to just be like, hey, you shouldn't be in this band anymore because you know, mm -hmm. that's a really terrible thing to do. But uh, it ended up working out and uh, I snuck my way into that band as well. So uh, advice for people if you... I mean, <laughs> encourage people to quit. If you want to, yeah, if you want to get ahead, uh, you got to kick some people down sometimes. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, no, but like really though, if if you know that it's something that you're passionate about and you have a, a realistic or reasonable opportunity to actually get your foot in the door, then try and do it. Right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. that's what I would say to that. So when did you start drumming? Oh. <clears throat> uh, I started in elementary school. Um, just through like the music program I actually took um, I wanted to play the drums but I everyone wanted to play the drums right you either played guitar or you played in the the band class so you can't see my finger quotations um, and I didn't really want to play any instrument like a trumpet or anything but I wound up playing the baritone which is a miniature tuba and it was super boring. It was just like whole notes and you ba, ba, and then you rest for like 18 bars and you're just like sitting there twiddling your thumbs. So I, I was in, uh, 
in class and friends with a guy who was the drummer. He'd got a drum set for Christmas, and I went oh, to his house all the time. Oh, you weaseled your way in. I weaseled my way in there, too. Yeah, wow. hey, this is a, a common theme in my life <laughs> that I haven't really <laughs> discovered until now. It's a very reflective experience. Um, That's what we aim for. Yeah, <laughs> so he, he taught me uh, some stuff. I picked up on it pretty quickly, um, and then I asked the music teacher for, like, an audition type thing like I said I told her how bored I was with the baritone and excuse me that I wanted to um to do something different and I've been working on drums with this person and blah 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 so that worked out and that was would have been grade seven so I don't know what the math works out to be on that but I've been doing it for a while now this isn't a math podcast yeah Yeah, no we don't don't do numbers that's cool yeah (laughs) We can never know how long these things run. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, the, the sun's gone down uh, half a fist, so yeah, it's, it's just about done. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I have a question about approaching people, because it seems like you've, you've worked with a lot of your friends, and also you've made a lot of friends. Is it like dating? Do you just approach a musician and say, hey, I really dig your stuff, and I think you might dig my stuff. Would you like to try and like see if it works? Like, let's go on a date and play things together? Kind of, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I would say in a way it is. It's it's all circumstantial, though, because um, you, may, you may approach an individual that way. And if that's the case, then I would say, yes, it is very much like um, dating. Uh, <laughs> I've been out of that game for quite some time. Well, I mean, apart from the fact that I'm in a long-term relationship, I, I'm talking about Did you about weasel the, your way into it? I, did, I don't think I did. <laughs> okay. I don't Can't think confirm. I did. Um, but in terms of, like, approaching someone and be like, hey, you don't really know me, but I'd kind of like to know you, and I think you should know me too. Um, you know, it, if you're trying to get together with an individual, um, and you are an individual yourself, then, yeah, it, it can be kind of a weird sort of feel out process. Um, but more often than not, I think, um, musicians have little, um, like a, a guitarist will often be quite closely tied with a bass player or a drummer. So they often kind of come in twos or threes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way if it's, you know, myself as a drummer and a bass player that I play with regularly, we go out and we approach a guitarist and say like, Hey, we're working on, something we think your playing style would lend really well to that. Like, would you be interested in coming and check it out? So that's kind of what I would say. Otherwise it's the opposite of that spectrum where you are on your own and saying like, Hey, I want to go and do something. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that it is most useful for someone perhaps that's a drummer to be paired with a bassist? So you're like, now you have a whole rhythm section rather than trying to like, I'm a drummer and here's a singer and now we need to find yeah. the melody somewhere, you know? Yeah, so I haven't really started a band from scratch. Um, well, I guess that's not true. Normally, like, normally it all just starts with getting together and, and just kind of jamming, right? So I, I've done a lot of that through house parties. If somebody has a drum set there, then, you know, I always hop on there and whoever is interested we'll pick up a guitar with an amp and lots of wonderwall <laughs> just kidding yeah lots of just wonderwall <laughs> so on many repeat. people just play wonder four hours <laughs> yeah 
Um, but yeah, it just kind of starts from there. And if it's if it's something that um, that you both find interesting, then it usually progresses to a more sort of formal, I guess, type setting where, hey, why don't you come over and we'll kind of noodle around and, and see what mm-hmm. comes of it. And so that's the second date. Yeah, yeah, noodling. Yeah, noodling. yeah, noodling. yeah that's that's kind of how <laughs> that's kind of how Pharaoh started a long time ago because I had a lot of experience playing with uh, Dave in, in bands previous. Dave Gannett. Yeah, um, but this started with uh, Bonte because I'd always found his guitar style really interesting and I'd always wanted to um, to make music with him, so I had him come over. And he had a whole bunch of recording equipment, so he just set up all of his stuff, and we just jammed for, like, whatever it was, two or three hours. And then he went home, and he just edited all of the all of the raw material into, like, four or five, like, verse-chorus-verse-chorus, like, type structured songs, which was super cool because that made the writing process incredibly easy. Um, and then we were just looking for somebody to fill in on bass, and... We asked Dave, like we had some material that we could show Dave and say like, "Hey, we think, you know, we think this might work. What do you think?" And he was all over it. So from there, it's just a matter of making sure that everyone's kind of comfortable with it. Hmm. Have you ever had um, like something that you might have done younger when you were younger and see how everybody has evolved and all their new projects and be like, "Man, I wish that project was still together. Like, I wish that all of these like people that have grown." There's one way we could have like a reunion show. What would be your mm. ideal reunion? I'd love to see a Final Tongues reunion. <laughs> see, yeah, <laughs> you know does. what? I I think there's a couple people out there that that would say that, and I'm pretty sure we've already done one. <laughs> you have, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think we have. In fact, yes, we definitely did. Um, the Vinyl Tongues was a really interesting project because it was so such a unique sound where it was just this total smash up of like six or seven different types of music styles. And it was so like, you had to have a very specific interest in music to, in my opinion, to find it palatable. Um, so what there type were of music. Is it final tongues? Well, so I got. I'm so I, sorry. That's okay. No, I got. I got pretty good at at sort of describing what it was because I I hate, I hate the whole like subgenre thing. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't have like a, a genre for it. But it was it was as if there was a mashup between, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, System of a Down, and there's one other band too, and Sublime. And it was just like if you took all those music styles and just smashed them together that's kind of what we sounded like so it was a, a really weird style but anyways there were there were a handful of people who were around um, you know sort of on the ground floor when the band was coming up and those are the people that actually talk about a reunion show uh, and it, it, the logistics of it would just never make any sense because Cam <laughs> lives in uh lives in BC and Morgan's neck deep and soul hounds and I'm doing other stuff. And, uh, Dave, well, Dave's kind of all over the map. I'm sure he could scrap some stuff back together. And AJ's just, AJ's just out there in the abyss buried in schoolwork and stuff like that. But, um, 
I, I don't think it would really happen as far as like, is there another band that I wish? Um, sort of. Um, I mean, it's weird because being in a band is so much like being in a relationship. Like there's certain elements of it that you might miss. Uh, but then there's so many other elements where it's like, no, I, I'm, I'm happy that it's done. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't need to relive that again. Right. So. Hold on a second. I could just cut this. Hey, Craig. Hey. Hi, Craig. Hey. Oh, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. This is a perfect time for (laughs) our sponsor, which we don't have yet. If you would like to sponsor us, uh, we are very thirsty and we are very hungry. A sponsor, you guys. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Craig will be our first sponsor. Coffee sponsors, beer sponsors too, any sponsors, food sponsors. Yeah. Snacks, burgers. We like burgers. Snacks. We Uh, like everyone that... Sponsors the village idiots. Yeah, if they could sponsor if they us could too. Sponsor us too. That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> we'll just piggyback on that. That's cool. Thanks. Um, okay, so Jaya, jumping back into it, are there any are, are there are there any projects that you look back on and say like, holy crap, like I've grown a lot as a musician from this to this point, and what would you say is your biggest jump from like project to project? Um, I would say, um. Hmm. I guess even in terms of genre, right? Yeah. Like something that's Well, I would say my that. playing style has been significantly changing over the last little while. Um, where when I was playing in bands like Bomb the Arcade and uh, Vinyl Tongues, I was a very, I guess, kind of showboaty player for lack of a better term I was trying to do as much as possible Um, I was serving myself more so than the music and I've been working over the last several years and the last few projects in particular um, to try and simplify my playing and try and um, add more complicated parts where it actually lends to the music as opposed to just me as a player Um, so I don't know if there's a a specific point where it was like, okay, I'm going to make this change now. I think I've just sort of, um, I guess, matured as a, a musician and, and tried to tried to be a little more professional about it, I guess is mm-hmm. the easiest way to say it. Do you find that happens a lot of musicians, especially when they're first starting out, like you're kind of doing it for yourself and maybe less for the project that you're in because... It might be your first time on a stage, or it might be your first time playing in front of a sold-out crowd. Yeah. Like, that's got to feed the ego, right? Yeah, I think it I think it lends, uh, or I think it's tied pretty well directly to your experience as a musician. Because with experience comes maturity. Um, so, yeah, you know, playing, playing shows like that and, and seeing when people are actually interested in coming out and checking out a project... Um, you know that they're coming out for the band as a whole, not so much you yourself. Like when you're starting out, a lot of people will come out because they want to watch you um, because you've never done this type of thing before. And yeah, I want to go support my friend. And um, I find that's happening less and less now, at least with the people that I'm involved in with. Um, so it's more so about the actual sound and style of the group as opposed to the individuals involved. Hmm. 
Nice. Which project do you think it, it changed from, like, these are just my friends coming to my show to, like, I have fans that I don't know, like, people that I recognize coming to yeah. my shows that they don't know any of us. They're just, like, fans. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I think that's sort of always happened. Um, but I think more so um, was when I hopped into Bear Fight because they were a, an established band at that point. Um, they were a pretty unique sound in the Winnipeg scene, um, and they'd you know they'd played a lot of shows. They built a pretty solid following. They played with some some bigger uh, local acts, and um, you know I'd I'd bump into people at shows and be like, oh hey, you're you're in Bear Fight. Like yeah, I I am. Like have we met before? I'm also really really bad with meeting people and then completely forgetting that I met them. Um, so that does no favors for me in that yeah. type of situation. Uh, but it, it happens in in most groups, I think, because, you know, you're on stage and somebody sees you and if you have a familiar face, they'll recognize you again. Or if you're friends with somebody who shared the stage with you or whatever it is, right? You're always going to bump into people where you don't know them, but they may know you in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also helps that you're usually one of the tallest people in the venue. Yes. Um, yeah, and and now, more recently, one of the hairier as well. Oh so, yes, yes. Yeah. But yeah. also, is probably not helpful that Devlin Boss also looks exactly like yeah. you and also the same height. Right. I think there were several times where I actually thought you were the same person. Yeah, I was like, I saw you yesterday. Why are you being such a jerk? That, that was like a thing. A yeah, <laughs> I'm now. <laughs> yeah, I'm now affectionately known to him as his broccoliganger. Oh, oh, that is uh, adorable. That's so cute. Right. Yeah. Then yeah. what's he to you? He's just Devlin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I found that the 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 more I I started hanging out with Devlin and, and seeing him around is the less I agree with the whole similar um features like there were there was a period of time where people thought that we were twins Mm -hmm. and i don't understand that at all now Mm. um but whatever it is what it is i bet you spent a lot of time like looking at his face like all the details like that's not i wouldn't say a lot of time but i did i did do a little bit of a deep dive and a little uh yeah a little investigation to to determine that he is not in fact my biological twin brother okay yeah okay yeah so being one of the tallest people at a venue mm-hmm. what is your favorite to play at ooh 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 um that's kind of a a hard question I don't know if I, I have an absolute favorite um I always like playing uh the park theater because it, I think it's a good sized venue where you can fit a lot of people in there um, but if you don't have a whole lot of people, it doesn't seem empty either. So it, it's a pretty good, um, blend of size and, and I guess energy at that venue. Uh, I also really like playing the Goodwill. I think that the way that that building is laid out, um, that's another one where you don't have to have a whole, you don't have to have a sold, a sold out evening to feel like it's a sold out evening. Um, and one venue I'd like to play more is the West End Cultural Center because that venue when you get on the stage there and you have that when when you're playing a show there you feel like a rock star like that was 
Um, Vinyl Tongues played there years and years and years ago. And at that evening, I felt truly like a rock star because the green room is like way behind everything. And when you're ready to go from green room to stage, you have to walk down this wicked long concrete tunnel Mm -hmm. and every band that's come through there and played has signed all the walls. Oh, cool. You just feel like you're walking into a stadium arena and the place is going nuts and it's a really cool, really cool feeling. I'd like to do that again. Huh. It's funny that you say rock star because don't they have the noise curfew in that area too? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so, I mean, if you're not paying attention to the the (laughs) clock, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Responsible rock stars now, right? Yeah. 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 So being the tallest at a venue, where do you stand? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm normally, I normally don't really let that affect my decision to stand in the front if I want to. Um, cause I feel like I'm nowhere as near as tall as you are. And I am like always sort of like hunching, you know, you know for, like I'm, for I always a live, feel nervous. For a live event like that, like, like a rock show of any capacity like whatever it is what it is right like i'm not gonna intentionally stand in front of somebody who's you know five foot five or whatever just to be that guy but it's also a rock show right i'm there for myself i'm i'm there to have a good time and if i'm obstructing the view of someone else then they can move over six or eight inches either direction right it's not assigned seating where they have no choice they can't go anywhere um, I do feel bad about sitting in assigned seating because oftentimes I ruin part of the experience for people behind me. But uh, but that that's a different story altogether. Hmm. So uh, we've been talking a lot about bear fight, but we haven't talked about what type of music that is. Um, okay, so so. Bear fight, and then you also have a new project. So I also yeah. want to talk yeah, about yeah, the type cool. of music that you're playing now. So so bear fight was um, heavily involved in the the Winnipeg punk scene, which is a super cool scene that I didn't really know existed until I uh, got involved in the band. Um, and it doesn't really fit in with that scene necessarily, but kind of does I guess so bear fight was a lot more aggressive um, Josh doesn't sing he's a vocalist he does a lot of yelling and screaming um, very fast-paced um, like hardcore punk with like metal influences so um, it's very aggressive the name is fitting. Yes. It, so if you were to close your eyes and imagine two bears fighting, if you were to put a soundtrack behind that, that's kind of what the music is designed to. Have you sound. done that before? Like a music video? We have not put two bears in an arena to fight. No. Oh, no. We okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Completely understandable. Yeah. Uh, Out of the budget, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, we also have, you know, conflicting feelings about putting animals in a situation where it's good to know where you stand on that. Kill each other. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to kill. Yeah. That, okay. We could just hang, like, you know. Just That's a lot of training. You got to, like, teach I just the mean, like, in the like, wild. I'm not, like, going to, like, well outside get the her an arena. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad person, everyone. <laughs> Reiterate it three times. I am please. not a bad Please. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, as far as the new project goes, though, um, I think it's a lot 
cassette. Death cassette, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a lot, um, a lot more easy listening. I guess it's still very um, a, a heavy style, um, but more. I, I would say it's kind of more popular to the masses than than Bear Fight, but um, I'm playing with two guys from um, uh, Bad Pants um, who I'd play shows with Bear Fight on a regular basis. Um, great guys. They they approached me with the project. I think Lindsay, uh, the guitarist, sort of conjured up this whole thing. Uh, and Chuck, the bass player, um, he's super interesting to work with because he's a left-handed um person but he plays a regular right-handed bass so his writing style is i think pretty unique compared to others mm. um which is fun uh and then we are fronted by a, uh, a girl named mandy who um has a lot of experience in the the winnipeg scene she's played with the uh, pink slips and uh guilt trip and a few other bands um so yeah, it's it's. I would say it's kind of a like a heavy driving punk rock type of uh, type of sound, and I, I I think it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to show it to people. That's awesome. So Mandy is uh, the the front of correct. Program? Yeah. And how? And sorry, what type of music is it again? So easy listening something. No, it's <laughs> easy not listening it's jazz. Not, <laughs> easy, yeah, smooth jazz. No, it's. Easier listening than bear fight. Than bear fight. Okay. Uh, I would not classify it as easy listening. It it's very it's still quite aggressive in your face punk rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's I, it's once we have material, I'm gonna be a lot more excited to share it with my parents who are always asking about it than <laughs> I was with uh, bear fight material. Nice, right. nice. Yeah. So has the content of the like the lyrics of the songs, the difference between Death Cassette and Bear Fight, is there a big difference in between what type of music or like what type of messages you're conveying with it? Um, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I just hit things with sticks. Uh, (laughs) Which is totally fair. Yeah, I have no, no real um, influence in terms of the, um, the message behind the music, but, um, I would say they are quite different styles of singing or vocals, I guess. Josh, again, doesn't really sing, but... Okay, so here's another question. Has there ever been, like, a song that you have played so many times, but you, like, still don't know the words? Um, Like, you just, yeah, hmm. like you say, like, hit, hit your things with sticks, but you don't know the words to the song, or not all of them, maybe. Um, yeah, well, I'd, I'd say, um, almost all of the songs, I don't know all of the words to, I may think I do, right? But it's the same thing when you're listening to a song on the radio and you, you think you know the words and you're just kind of spitting words out and then you look up what they've actually written out as the words and you go like, oh, that's not correct at all. I've just (laughs) been kind of stringing together words one after another, but, um, no, I, there's certain parts where, um, you know the vocals will really strike me, and the and the words um, will really, really strike me and kind of hype me up when we're when we're playing the songs. But um, 
Have you ever had to ask? Like, what do you actually say at that point? Because I just hear mumbling from where I am. I, you know, I've thought about asking before, but I don't know that I actually have. So maybe I'll, maybe <laughs> I'll start doing that now. Yeah. yeah, mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're coming to the end of the podcast right now. Want to thank you again for stopping by. I've got one more question. Do you have one more question? No, I have okay. no questions. Okay, so <laughs> the last question for you, Brock. Fantastic. On Papercut Podcast in 2018, who do you want to play with that you haven't already played with? Ooh. Yeah. Um... It's, it, well, two questions within like the genre-ish area, and like if someone asked you that was like way left field, but you'd be like totally down. Hmm. Okay. Do I only get one for either scenario? No, you get like two for either yeah. scenario, hmm. but not three. Don't do three. No. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think sort of within the genre, I would really like to play with Soul Hounds. Um, I think there are a lot of commonalities between the sounds, um, still very different, but, um, I think that would be a a really cool show and, you know, there's still a fair amount of listeners out there that, uh, would follow one band, but wouldn't necessarily know about the other. And I think would, would really like what the other one is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then another one. Oh, jeez. You asked for two options. And then well, I just wanted to <laughs> know whether or not I was, I was strongholded. We'll, we'll stick with that because yeah, I don't okay. want to... As long as you're not doing three, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. That's all we're concerned about. Uh, as far as like a out and left field band. Oh, jeez. Um, I don't know. I guess it would depend on the, the set and setting, but... Um, Jeez. Could you do a three-peat crossover? You know? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Well, maybe. I mean, you could do anything you wanted to. Yeah. Right. Just would people actually be interested? I guess this is more of like a local favorite that you could dig playing with. Yeah. Like, that you can find the connection and make it work. Yeah. yeah. You have six hours in a studio with like anyone you choose. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, the, question is, the question is... Developing. Yeah. That's, a, that's a different we one. We just need asked. an answer. Yeah. Just need a name so we can wrap this podcast <laughs> yeah, up. Just names, names. Um, not yeah, I don't I don't know, man. It's um on the spot, I guess I would have to say just based on my previous experience, um I wouldn't mind Well, no. Actually, you know what? I'd I'd really like to play with uh, uh now that I'm actually putting some thought into it, I'd really like to play with Moontan. Oh, well, um, good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say the styles necessarily are in the same genre, but, uh, you know, I really like what they're doing. They've got a really cool, unique sound. Their stage presence is a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I think I think the listeners would appreciate, um, again, both bands that, uh, that were involved there. So That's awesome. Okay, well, Soulhounds, Moontown, yeah. let's make it happen in 2018. Sounds good. <laughs> Brock, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, watch out for Death Cassette. Doing things, all the things in 2018. Yes. Shows, new music, we're maybe? Gonna, we're going to do everything we can. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank Where you. did the name come from? Death yes, Cassette. Yes, yes, Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you know what I was going to do? I was going to end the podcast on, do you like, like, what's your opinion on crowd surfing? Yes, like, yes or no. But oh. then we changed it up. 
Actually, okay. what is your opinion on crowd surfing? <laughs> yes. Okay. Death cassette. What does that mean? Death cassette. So we had a hell of a time coming up with a band name. Um, we spent countless, um, countless minutes, maybe hours. <laughs> After after practices, we don't count on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Countless <laughs> amounts of whatever. Um, just trying to scramble for a name. Nobody could really come up with something, uh, and it was difficult for four people to decide on something that they liked. Yeah. Um, it originally spawned from Demon Cassette Player, which mm. we thought was. Uh, some of us thought was fantastic. Some of us thought it was a little bit. Uh, a little bit of a mouthful. Yeah. And from that spawned Death Cassette. Uh, Excellent name. It's kind of short to the point, and, and we liked it, and we, we hope you like it, too. That's awesome. Death Cassette. Death Cassette. Death, Death cassette. cassette. Fantastic. All right, Brock. Thank, thank you for cutting deep on Papercut Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Just a reminder... You can find all of our cuts online at papercutwinnipeg.com. And iTunes and Google Play. We wouldn't mind a sponsor. Here's a cut from our interview next week with Sophie Stevens. I, I want people to be able to hear what I write and like feel whatever they're going to feel. Like If someone happens to feel the exact situation that I'm writing about, I'd be a little bit concerned because like so, so many of the things that I talk about are like so specific. Like I have a line that's something about like, still having wood chips in my coat from a car wash adventure. Like, if someone's just like, oh, man, yeah, you're speaking to me, I would kind of be, like, weirded out. And like.